Have you ever struggled with feelings of not being good enough, not feeling worthy enough, maybe not being accepted by others? It's probably something that most of us have struggled with at one time or another during our lives. We invite you to join the Care Pastors on our podcast series, What's the Matter with Me?, as we take a look at the origins of shame. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Care Ministries podcast from Brookwood Church Ministries, and we are happy to be with you again. My name is Josh Masters. I'm one of the associate care pastors here at Brookwood Church, and I'm here with three other fine gentlemen, my two co-hosts, Gene Beckner. You want to say hello? Say hello. Excellent. Very well. Well done. And Doug Wildman, who's our marriage and counseling pastor. How you doing? And then without a microphone at the helm is Josh Taylor. The uh, He's our producer, and he is at the helm and he's going to make it happen. So welcome back. We are on week three of our series called What's the Matter with Me? And we've been looking at having a shame identity and how to come out of a shame identity. In week one, we talked about the origin of shame, and we talked about uh, where that comes right out of the book of Genesis. And we encourage you, if you haven't heard the first two episodes, go back and listen to those. Then last time, we talked about some examples of what it looks like to have a shame-based identity. And now we're going to move into a section that we call solutions. When people don't know how to heal from a shame-based identity, they come up with solutions. And they may not do that intellectually, they may not do that consciously, but they have ways of coping with the shame that's in them. So over the next couple of weeks, we're, we're going to look at ways that people cope with their shame and the solutions that they come up with. This week, we want to focus on denial. That's probably one of the most common solutions people have for shame. They go into a place of denial. And we want to look at three sort of ways that manifests itself. And the first one is blaming others. When we have so much shame on ourselves and we have a shame identity, we have to push it down sometimes. And in order to not acknowledge it, we can't take responsibility for the things going on in our lives and how we feel. So that results in us blaming everyone else for anything that goes wrong because we can't take on one more thing in our subconscious. So this is something that we see at Celebrate Recovery all the time. Someone comes in to Celebrate Recovery, whether it's for anger or codependency or overcoming abuse or chemical addiction, and when they first come in, they're angry. They're sort of angry at the world, and they're angry at the actions of other people, and they don't take responsibility for their own stuff. And we're going to go more into responsibility in a few minutes. But we have a system called taking your personal and spiritual inventory, where you write down the people who have hurt you. And often people can write down the people that have hurt them. But when you get to the column in that inventory that says, what's my part? Sometimes people struggle to put something down. Well, it's not me. It's them. It's them. They did it. I didn't have a part in this. Well, there's very few conflicts where one person has all the blame. I would say with the exception of being physically or sexually abused. If you've been physically or sexually abused, that is in no way your fault. But most other conflicts, there's going to be some percentage where it's 20% this person and 80% that person. But um, we have this blaming culture. If, if I can shift the blame to someone else, then... I don't have to take it on myself. And the reason that we do that when we have a shame-based identity, and again, we're not doing this consciously, this is all subconscious, but if I am living from a place of shame 
and I don't believe in who I am. I have a self-hatred. I cannot take on one more thing. I can't take on one more accusation because I'm one accusation away from falling apart all the time if I have a shame-based identity. So I have to blame others to protect myself. And then that leads into refusing to take responsibility for your stuff. And I think, Doug, you wanted to talk about that, right? Yeah, there's there's a number of ways that this one uh, takes place. I've, I've talked with a number of people who uh, will will say things like, well, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person who's not really good at figuring things out, so I just kind of defer to other people. Um, they, you know, automatically just immediately say, oh, well, I'll, I'll call this person and they'll figure it out. Um, but it's also taking personal responsibility for your own feelings too. Um, I, I know for myself, one of the things that I used to do was to um, almost be blind to my own feelings. In fact, if you were to ask me, I would have said, no, I'm, I'm feeling fine. Um, but what I came to realize is that actually, no, I was just kind of stuffing things down. And so um, what I had to do was to learn how to do the difficult thing and and delve into some of those feelings, take personal responsibility um, for for really getting down to the heart of, well, what exactly am I feeling? Um, so, um, yeah, there's every reason in the world to not take personal responsibility, but it, as soon as we do, everything does change. Um, but like Josh said, these are solutions that we're coming up with. These are, these are ways that we uh, have found that, that actually work. Uh, we may not even be aware of the fact that we're doing them. Um, in fact, that's primarily what what these things are all about. We, that's, that's why it's called denial. Right? Yeah. You, you don't know that you're in denial. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. If somebody were to have asked me, you know, directly, well, what, what are you feeling? I, I would tell you I, I'm not feeling anything. And the reality of it was that I was just – I had convinced myself that I wasn't feeling anything. Um, and, uh, and it was a way of coping, um, coping with, uh, with some very difficult, deep things. Um, so uh, learning to take personal responsibility, um, whatever that might look like for you, may be different than the way it was for me. Um, but um, uh, we, we all tend to have certain solutions that we've – that we have found that, that have worked for us. And that's the thing. They they work. Yeah. So, or at least we think they work. You know, maybe you ask the people around you, how's that working for you? And you mm-hmm. might be surprised at the response that you get. Um, but it's interesting that blaming others and refusing to take responsibility are are almost, almost go hand in hand. Right. Yeah, because, pretty much. And I see this a lot where people will say, well... You know, a couple is having uh, marital problems, and one of the spouses will say, well, it's her fault because she makes me angry. Okay, that whole statement is loaded with denial because what it's doing is is it's, it's blaming the other spouse and it's refusing to take responsibility for their own emotions. So... Those, that's one of the things that I listen for. And if I ever hear anyone say, well, she makes me mad, mm-hmm. I correct them and I say, you choose to get angry. Yeah. 
And they're like, well, yeah, she makes me mad. I'm like, no, there's a huge difference. Because if she makes you, then you have no control over it, yeah. which means I don't have to take responsibility. Right. It's, it's your fault that I feel this way. Instead of going, okay, you choose to get angry. Now you're taking ownership. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Because if shame is really at the root of who I am, that's just another nail in the coffin, so to speak, which kind of, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It basically says, well, here's another example of why I'm no good. Instead of being able to say, let's look deeper at that. It's not only an example of you not being good, it's admitting that you're not good, right? If you're going to take responsibility for something, then you have to own up to what you consider it to be, meaning that I'm useless, I'm no good. That can be the, the um, you know, how the person interprets that. Exactly. You know, because... I've dealt with people, and I've even had it in in my life, where it was very difficult to admit my role in something. Mm -hmm. And it was much easier to go, well, if they had just done this and this and this, then everything else would have gone better. Well, now I'm at their beck and call, because what if they never do that? What if they never make things right? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, And any time you're in a relationship, I don't care what kind of relationship it is, Mm -hmm. So it's always good, like Josh said about taking, like they do um, in CR, they take an inventory. You can take an inventory of your relationship to say, hey, how are things going? You know, what what can I do differently? What What's happening between us? Like, let's stay in the moment as opposed to, you know, being defensive constantly. You know, whether that defensiveness is to attack or to retreat. Because denial sounds like an active verb, but it can be a retreat. You know, you can retreat from relationships and say, well, you know, Doug's just not a a really um, honest guy. So I'm just going to retreat from the relationship. It's all his fault. Mm -hmm. And I have no blame. But then I become the victim because I'm denying I've got to own up to how Doug's behavior has impacted me. And, you know, sometimes just having a conversation with someone clears it up, which mm-hmm. we'll, you know, we can talk about later um, in, in future um, podcasts. The, the last part that we want to touch base on is, is what we call ignoring consequences. Um, and I see this a lot as well, too. Uh, people will come and it's been an issue that's been in their life for 20 years. And they've never really dealt with the impact of uh, their decisions, uh, their behaviors, how they live their life. And so what they've done is they've just chosen to ignore the consequences. And I know, Josh, you had a, you had a specific example from your life. Yeah, I was sort of the king of uh, ignoring consequences in my life for a long time. Um, I had made some really bad choices, especially in the area of money. And I was in a lot of debt before I got married. And after I got married, me and my wife were in even more debt. And, uh, you know, I'll talk about when I was single. I would get bills in and I was I was in denial about a lot of things that were going on in my life. And the way I coped with it was by buying stuff. But the way uh, that works is if you spend all your money buying DVDs, you do not have money to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. 
And when your bills get behind, then even if you are paying your bills, you can't catch up. And so it got to the point where bills would come in, I would see that red envelope, or I'd see any business address in the return part of the envelope, and I would stuff it in a grocery bag and put it in a closet. I had bags and bags and bags of bills and mail that I was completely ignoring. And I thought, if I just keep it out of sight, I don't have to think about it. And if I start thinking about it, I'll just go buy something to make me feel better. And so in that sense, that was a little bit more at the surface where I kind of knew what I was doing was going to catch up with me at some point. But I just was ignoring the consequences. Like those bills were not going to go away. It was not going to get better by me shoving them in a grocery bag and putting them in the closet. And I would lie to myself. Every time I'd put a new bill in there, I would say, this weekend, I'm going to sit down and go through Mm. all these bills. And even that was denial because I was never going to do that. I was never going to do that. But in order to justify throwing it in the bag and putting it in the closet, I needed to make it okay that I was doing that. Like, I'm just decluttering and uh, I will go through all this in, in the weekend. And I went through years of doing that. And uh, it wasn't until we surrendered after I was married and my wife and I had debt together and we both decided that we were going to live God's way and dedicate our money to him. And we took financial peace and we got a financial mentor that was a deacon or an elder in the church um, that we came out of that denial. And now we're debt free. Now Mm. we're free. I was shackled by what was hiding in that closet. But now I'm free. You know, another way that people do that just kind of goes back to what Doug said about, you know, stuffing emotions. So, like, folks who have anger issues, you know, first of all, they kind of deny that they even have an anger issue, and they'll blame others. You know, you you make me this way. But then when they unleash on their kids or their spouse, they don't pay attention to the countenance of their wife or husband or kids or friends when they do it. And then they wonder why— they don't have close relationships. And so what's happened is, is it's a vicious cycle because if you ignore the consequences of your behavior and then you put it off on the other person, mm-hmm. you know, it just keeps going. It never it will never stop because then I keep I keep blaming you. I'm not taking responsibility and I'm not dealing with the core issue. So my response to things are to continue to get angry and you guys are the ones who suffer. And then we just stay in this circle. Okay, so let me give you a real-life example about that, Gene. Um, in the past, I've seen many times where there's addiction in a family. And someone will be reaching out for help for a family member who's in addiction of any kind. But that person doesn't want help. Mm. And you start to see the dysfunction in the whole family. And then when you challenge the person who you're talking to saying, how can we take steps to feel, heal the rest of the family since this person doesn't want help, mm. there becomes all three of those things. You see them blaming the person with addiction. So it's, it's not the rest of the family. It's this person, right? And you see refusing to take responsibility knowing that there's probably, probably some things in the household that are enabling, mm-hmm. right, that need to be looked at or some unhealthy behaviors that need to be looked at or responses to the person with addiction that need to be looked at or 
uh, they're ignoring the consequences of the way the family is currently operating. Mm. You know what I mean? They f- solely want to focus on the person with the addiction when really it's the entire family that needs yep. to be healed. And it's, you know, it's that old uh, mindset of, you know, we don't talk about our business. You know, we'll handle it in-house, in, in, our, in our home. And, I mean, how many times have you guys heard someone say, you know, they come for help and they're like, you know, I was told never to talk about this. Right. Oh, all the time. Yeah. But Josh, like you guys say a lot of times in, in CR, you're as sick as your secrets. Right. It's, you know, mm-hmm. this, this idea of this is how we deal with it. And so what happens is, it's a great example, is all three of those components of denial viciously intertwine with each other, almost like binds yep. that are hard to separate and pull apart because they're all so connected. Because one, Now, the good thing is, and we'll get into this in a couple of weeks, is Christ will unravel that if we'll let him. Yes. But it can be very painful because we have to kind of come to the end of ourselves and we have to come to the realization that we have been in denial. And if I have shame as, as my identity, admitting that I've made a mistake is very hard because it hits at the core of me. When it, if my core was, is Christ, then I realize, well, that's the reason I need a Savior. And so we always say at the end of the podcast, and a lot of times we say during the podcast, if you're hearing this and you're like, you know, that's me or that's our family, um, you know, we'd love to journey with you because we've all been there at some level. You know, just because we're on this side and we're doing the podcast doesn't mean that we haven't had these issues ourselves. In fact, we've all kind of talked about, you know, that we have been there. And likely we are in denial about something right now. Sure. And yeah. we just no, haven't I'm not. come out of it. I'm not in, in denial at all. I have a group for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to end with, uh, with prayer. And again, uh, at the end of the podcast, there's a way to get in touch with us. If, uh, if you'd like help and you'd like uh, some help with your journey, we would love to, to journey with you. So let's pray. God, we, uh, we do thank you for just the opportunity to speak about uh, this issue of denial. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to, Lord, come to the end of ourselves and to allow you... Uh, to have your rightful place in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, So, Father, that we can um, learn to overcome uh, shame and experience you and the the unconditional love that you have for us Uh, and so that we can journey with you and we can begin to uh, lay down these, these crutches that we have, these solutions that at one time may have served us, Lord, but now may be the time that you're calling us to lay them down that we don't need them that we need you and so lord i'm thankful that you are here and that you love us and that you don't forsake us in jesus it's in your name we pray amen 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 thank you for joining us if we can be an encouragement for you in your prayer life or if you'd just like to connect with us at brookwood care ministries you can do so by calling us at 864 888-8355, or you can visit our website, brookwoodchurch.org forward slash care. And I know, Josh, you had a, you had a specific example from your life. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I, we, that was well said. And so anyway, um, <laughs> back to you. <laughs> you got a point there. <clears throat>
later that same recording. Well, I'll just say it again. Like Josh, you said, like in CR, you're all, yours bleh, with the. Yeah, just like you said. <laughs> 